We believe that wealth is a journey and that this is your jumpstart to trading success. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Trader's Mindset Show, where we believe that wealth is a journey and that this is your jumpstart to trading success. I'm Mike. And I'm Melissa. We have a great show for you today. We have Jacob Bainham here, who is a writer and a freelance journalist for us many well-known uh, magazines, uh, such as Outside, Men's Journal, and he recently published an article in Men's Health titled From Alone to a Loner, which is dealing with uh, feelings of isolation that many people have been experiencing during the coronavirus pandemic. And I think that this is a great reason why we're having him on the show is that this is so true for traders. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that it's uh, maybe it's exacerbated by the pandemic, but traders feel isolated historically for, for as long as I, I've been in this space. Uh, like I've heard people speaking about isolation, feeling siloed and that being a, a major issue. Uh, what are some ways that before we have a moment, we're going to talk about some ways that we have been dealing with these uh, these feelings ourselves and how are ways that we're going to be looking to um, break out of this cycle. So, Mike, how have you been feeling isolated throughout the pandemic or even just some feelings of isolation as a trader? Uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting. Uh, for years, uh, I always considered myself as kind of like, like just being like average Joe, right? Like, uh, and, you know, not, not to try average to speak. Right? <laughs> yeah, to be to be an average Mike. But um, the the truth of the matter is uh, like and it's not to be like oh well, uh, i'm exceptional or whatever like uh, but it, it's more along the lines of the uh, uh, like i i don't uh, i feel as though uh, i think differently um that uh, i i feel that uh, like take a look at, at this show for example right like go well, where uh, well like uh, our job is uh hosts uh, of, a, of a podcast now right <laughs> uh, a job is a trader job is an influencer job is uh, an author like a couple of years ago like those were just completely like you know things in out of space <laughs> so yeah like in in that regard it, it's a little bit isolating not like sure we have uh a network of people now, people that have come on the show, so some really great people that, that have become friends. But as far as family, as far as like neighbors and uh, older friends go, uh, yeah, like the, this is still kind of like uh, somewhere in outer space. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that, um, yeah, we're not able to see them all the time, whether when we do communicate with them, it's either Zoom and it's really just a quick, like, how are you, like, catching up with the family and things of that sort. You don't have that one-on-one -on -one connection where you can really go deep about some of the topics that might be uh, troubling you. Yeah, well, I, and from the trading perspective, too, well, like, because most people aren't, uh, like, trading or like people are like getting in and trading as a hobby and like hearing about things like oh yeah GameStop and uh, you know a lot like that well when things start catching headline news and then people start like just getting in it's still not to the point where if you go and tell your, your family like hey like I'm thinking of uh, trading and trading for for a living like people look at you like you have uh, three heads and are from uh, from Mars 
Right? Like maybe we're, we're close to being from Mars, but it's still a little ways away. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's just it's out of the norm of like you don't fall into the the boxes that uh, we had to check off when we were kids of what what our career choice was going to be? Uh, yeah, well, at least for for our generation, right? Well, like uh, back in the day, uh, <laughs> born in '79, uh, but um, yeah, it was you. you uh, go to school, you work hard, you get good grades, you, you get a, a nice steady desk job somewhere, you get your, your benefits, you, you work there, and then you, you retire. And maybe then you go out and uh, enjoy life, or you, uh, you know, you have your, your time off or whatever, like, the, those were, were the things. So, like... Trading didn't fall into... Yeah, trading did not... Uh, yeah. Training didn't fall into that bracket, at least in my world, right? Like, growing up, uh, uh, predominantly, like, middle class, uh, inner city kind of stuff, uh, and... And your, your family was uh, pro-union, too, so... Uh... Uh, yeah, 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 uh, so it was uh, like kind of like Michael J. Fox in that show, uh, no, what was it, Family Ties? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so you know, being there, this conservative, or, or like... My beliefs are my beliefs. Like I'm not going like one way or the other. But like as far as um, entrepreneurial set, like risk taking, like uh, yeah, trading was not something that uh, uh, my parents are, are they're, like they're proud now. Like well, what ended up, but like yeah, at the time I like uh, trading look like what? Yeah, like uh, trading's doing? gambling. Like uh, don't do it. Like I tried it once. Uh, like please don't. <laughs> But I think this is so true, even for uh, for me, like, you know, you, you checked off the box of, for, for me, I was in advertising, uh, I worked at a media firm for many years, and the feelings of isolation, I felt that way at my day job. So before I, you know, took the plunge and uh, decided to go after my passions, and now here I am, um, it was really isolating being at a job where you just didn't feel fulfilled, or you just, you know, couldn't really connect with other people, and especially as a lot of moms out there, you know, uh, we now are working from home, a lot of the responsibilities of doing remote learning with our children have fallen upon us and it was a Kamala Harris just said that 2.5 million women are out of work right now because they've either been forced out or their businesses have closed down or um, you know, there's a lot of, like the retail uh, restaurant mm -hmm. as well as um, uh, those type of, of um, uh, daycare you know jobs have been taken away and so a lot of those responsibilities still predominantly fall on women to care for the children elderly parents and people who are more most at risk for this type of virus so I think that this is something where we, our village has been taken away from us, and where we you know it takes a village to raise a family. We don't have that village, so it really falls on us. So all that stress, that anxiety, has really made us feel a little bit more isolated in this time. And I felt that way too. You know, and luckily I do have a great support network with Mike as well as with my family and friends. And things are, you know, definitely looking with the warmer weather coming up. Hopefully, think and the, and the vaccine, that things are going to be um, looks like a more hopeful future for all of us. I think that this is something that, you know, I, I've struggled with myself, you know, feeling like um, I can't, I, I feel, I'm, I wish I could be with my friends and not just over Zoom, but as much as this is still, how great and lucky are we to have this type of technology to still keep us connected in this time where maybe 30, 40 years ago, this would not have been possible. Yeah, that's uh, an important reminder too. And to, to have a, a default setting of gratitude. Right, like, uh, yeah, the, like, pandemic, lockdowns, all those things. But yeah, like, uh, being grateful for, for what we have, what we're able to connect this way. Um, where, 
it, you know, what would have been, had this been 30 years ago, right? Like, uh, not, no internet or, or being, having the, the ability to be able to, to trade for, from anywhere and make a living uh, from anywhere. And I love what was it the the Chinese symbol for crisis means opportunity. Yeah. And I absolutely love that. Like how many um, great businesses have now flourished or grown out of this pandemic? And you know, as troubling as as hard as it has been, well, it's sure opened doors. Have. Yeah, it's opened doors for people who may have felt stuck or felt like they they were trapped in a, in a position or a job that they were unhappy with to finally see that you know what we. We're not going to live forever. I you know we, you know we are, you know we're on this earth for you know limited time. That we need to do what's right for us and live the best life we can, and to like figure out what that path is. Yeah, and that, that's kind of like something that you were saying earlier too, where, where uh, like, well, when the when things started to like really get get locked down, it like uh, I forget exactly how you phrased it before, but like my default back then, like this time last year, right? Like uh, around March, like was when the lockdowns really started happening. Yeah, especially here in New York, yeah. Uh, yeah, so my default back then was just like, uh, markets crashing, like all this, like, oh my God, people are freaking out. Like, what can, what can I do to, to help, right? So uh, free webinars, like did that for like two weeks straight of like just, free coaching, like whoever's there, like could come in, but it, it wasn't just the, oh, seeing opportunity and then going for that, no, like it was the preparation of 20 years of having like been trading and like starting to learn and build this. And then it's just like the, the reaction was, well, what can I do to help? So I think I that part of what, um, people that are approaching the market, like if you're approaching the market now for the first time, understanding that it's not something where you just maybe watch like one or two videos and you're good to go. It's like that starting the preparation now. So that way over time, like you're going to be able to dive in and, uh, and make this into something where it's going to be sustainable for you and your family and your loved ones to give you the, the freedom that, well, uh, I, I assume you want. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I was just reading um, Napoleon Hill's book. Um, one of the, the killer of dreams, uh, the number one he said was proc procrastination and just keep putting it off that one day I'll do this, one day I'll be able to uh, trade, one day I'll be able to uh, write that book, you know, that uh, bestseller. But it just never happens because you just keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. Where like, you know, sometimes a crisis like this or maybe even having that time now that you didn't have before because you're stuck at home, it now gives you that time to say, okay, now let me plan. Let me actually prepare myself, educate myself um, to, to do trading or to how do I actually write a book or how do I do the things I've always wanted to do. And I think this is a great way for people to finally take that first step and um and see that it is possible yeah i agree and with that we're going to be having jacob bainam on uh stay tuned and we'll talk about more ways that you could uh break the cycle of uh, isolation for your trading and now a word from our sponsor today's episode is sponsored by the mara mindshift guide a trading beliefs workbook 
Trading is a mental game. This workbook combines 20 years of trading experience with simple, easy to follow exercises to help you manage your mindset and move past limiting beliefs. Get your copy of the Marrow Mindshift Guide today on Amazon or at marrowwealth.com forward slash mindshift. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Trader's Mind Chat Show. Today we have Jacob Bainham with us. Jacob is a freelance journalist and essayist and has reported internationally uh, and domestically for Outside Magazine, Men's Journal, Men's Health, and more. Uh, he is the winner of a National Magazine Award and currently lives in Montana with his family. Welcome to the show, Jacob. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks a lot. I'm happy to be here. Awesome, man. Uh, the first question uh, that we have for you is that uh, we read your article in Men's Health from Alone to a Loner, uh, which talks about the pandemic and how it has made especially males feel more isolated than ever. Uh, what prompted you to write this article? Yeah, so uh, I had been noticing a kind of general lack of friendship and connection in, in my life and, and in other men in, in my world for a while. Um, and then the pandemic happened and everything shut down and it kind of made all that stand out in even sharper relief that um, I really was alone. And I was watching my wife stay connected with her friends uh, through FaceTime chats and, and other things virtually. And I was, I was just noticing my loneliness a lot more. Um, so that, that it had been an issue that I was interested in writing about before, but the pandemic really brought it into sharp relief. You know, that, that's interesting. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious. So, so as a journalist, do you feel, was there a sense of isolation uh, pre-pandemic or, or is that the, the kind of field where, uh, you know, the, the, there's a lot of, connection uh, like well, with I guess uh, other journalists but but also uh, like well, with friends and family and that kind of thing or uh... yeah so I'm a freelance journalist which means there's not a whole lot of connection with other journalists there there are some groups here in Missoula that we'd get together once a month or so and you know some some loose connections that way uh, but no I guess I would say, yeah, the life of a freelance journalist can be kind of lonely, um, especially when you're not actively on a story. Or even when you're on a story, you may be talking to someone, but you're not really sharing your deepest feelings with them. Uh, you're just sort of trying to learn from them. So, yeah, it can, it can tend to be a lonely profession. And then I might describe myself as an introvert to begin with, so I probably don't don't look for connection as often as, as some other people might. Yeah, as an author, I completely can relate, Jacob, as, a, as especially as a novelist, when you're like in the zone, like you're just writing, 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 like, you know, it's kind of like everything else has gone away and it's just all about the book and about the story. So it can be a very isolating profession, just like trading where you don't have you're not seeing people at the water cooler every day, or you don't have those um, those people that you can see on a daily basis to talk about the new show you binge watched on Netflix. So it, it could be something where you have to really um, take measures to change that. 
and to build those connections. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So along your journey, um, so at once you hit pandemic and you saw your wife was creating those connections through uh, Zoom or through the uh, FaceTime, um, what made you, um, I guess, realize that you had to make those changes for yourself? Yeah, um, I guess a few things. I had been hearing, so I'd been interested in the issue of friendship um, and especially uh how male friendship might differ from female friendship and how in this cultural context, a lot of men have been socialized out of uh, some traits of, you know, expressing their vulnerability and opening up to, to other people about things that really scare them, that kind of thing. So I'd been interested in this. And then I, I started doing some reading and hearing some other um, news shows uh, about it. And um one thing that really jumped out at me was that um, social isolation can be even more important than uh, diet and exercise in improving the overall longevity of your life. Wow. And that really surprised me because, I mean, we're, we're all, we all know we should be eating right. We all know we should be exercising. But I don't think we look at our friendships with the same level of importance and and just some research that showed social isolation can be more dangerous than smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That really jumped out at me. It's like, wow, this is an issue that I need to address and, and probably other people could, could do to hear about it as well. That is shocking to me. Unbelievable. That could be, have more health consequences than smoking 15 cigarettes. And that, wow, you're right. Like they, people do not talk about this enough. Yeah, and you know what, yeah. like, in in this environment, like, it sort of brings that kind of an issue to the surface, because now everybody's uh, experiencing it. But for authors, for journalists, for, for traders, like, that's kind of something what we dealt with for, uh, for a while. Um, I'm kind of curious, well, why do you think it's harder for men uh, to open up? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. And, and that was, that was what prompted all of this thought to begin with was, um, as I mentioned in the piece, I, um, I had been observing my wife, um, keep up close contact with her friends from college and, um, you know, they would text each other throughout the week and just check in. And, and even some of these friends were not even in the same town, um, Whereas I was a bit more like, I think a lot of people where I'd say, oh, I've got friends. And, you know, I might say of some, some other friend who lived far away, I might say, um, you know, I only see him every couple of years, but when I do, we pick up right where we left off. And I, th I think a lot of people have friends like that. Uh, but then I started realizing like, a lot can happen in two years. <laughs> you know, you, you might lose a job, you might, you know, get out of a relationship, you might have a child. It, it's not really enough to just, you know, check in with someone every two years. So I'd, I'd be noticing that. And I, I think, I think men in particular are um, in this country anyway, are, are sort of raised to be self-reliant and mm. the traditional masculinity has you face your problems by yourself and, not look for help um and and you you need to 
you need to be able to do that yourself. And all of that doesn't really make for great friendship material. Um, especially when, when things get stressful, research shows that men tend to go inward and isolate themselves even further. And when you compound that with a pandemic, which has us all isolated to begin with, then I think it means that men in particular are suffering from this isolation even more than women who may already have those habits developed of checking in with their friends and, um, and being vulnerable with them. Yeah, well, what you just described basically described like uh, our household too, uh, with Melissa a lot. Like she was uh, had like scheduled Zoom calls with, with friends. Uh, it still has that, uh, and and yeah, like I, I'm kind of similar to to you. We're just kind of grinding away. Like, oh yeah, like I haven't spoken to this guy in uh, uh, you know a couple of like a year or so, but. Yeah, I'll remind him, like, have you checked in with this person? How are they doing? And oh, they're I think, fine. I think you're right. Like, guys yeah. and girls, when they have like guys' nights versus girls' nights, and like, we'll talk about everything under the sun. Like, how are things going in a relationship? You know, the kids, are they driving you crazy. Then, like, Michael come home. I'm like, oh my God, is your friend, uh, is he going to be proposing? What's going on? He's like, oh, we didn't talk about that. I'm like, why would you not talk yeah. about <laughs> like little things like, yeah. like it just doesn't come up with like, the deep rooted problems or I guess until you really need to talk to somebody, I guess for men, they really hold back. They don't want to show that vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one reason why this is such an interesting time for male friendship in particular. Um, the, the idea is that men tend to do things shoulder to shoulder and women do things more face to face. So men might go to a game together or go fishing together or something like that. And, and women are better at just sitting down or um, looking at someone and, and talking through things. And we just, there's so few things we can do shoulder to shoulder right now. Um, we can't go to games. We can't go to bars like we used to. We can't, we can't do the traditionally accepted male friendship activities. So we're having to get creative. And, and that's why I think it's now it's, you know, a really difficult time for, to make friends and to keep friends and maintain your friendships. But it's also maybe some kind of an opportunity where you can um, just have a good think about who you might want to reach out to and how you might want to get connected right now. And then hopefully in the future, um, when we can get together again, then what you'd like to do with these people and um, how you'd like to grow that friendship. Mm. This is so, so interesting to me. And I think that um, especially, you know, we're, no, we're, we're focusing on, on men right now, but women, despite, you know, like Mike mentioned, I do have my biweekly Zoom call <laughs> with my friends and or where we try to keep up with it because especially when things got really hard, um, we were talking about earlier that like the village was taken out from under us. I know you are a, a father of two mm. young boys and we have a five-year-old daughter and it felt like without, it takes a village to raise a family. That village was taken away my parents weren't able to help in the beginning when everything shut down like the um the schools were closed we're doing remote learning so i had to wear all these different hats and i was trying to look out for the mental well-being of my daughter so i felt more isolated than ever like this we went into uncharted waters this had never happened before like how, what do we do and i think that the feelings of anxiety and the feeling lonely um in in, in um 
in parenthood has definitely been an issue for a lot of parents, especially in, in America, where we relied so heavily on other people for help, whether it was daycare, schools, parents, mm -hmm. you know, it, it just, when all of that was taken away, it, we were really, you know, we were caught in a web that we didn't know how to get out of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think when you have kids, life obviously gets so much busier. And I noticed, um, with, with my friend, there was definitely a drawing back of my outside social life. When I had kids, there's so much to do at home. Uh, my wife works and, and so I, you know, we were busy during the day and then in the evening there was, there was so much going on that, um, it was hard to justify, you know, Hey, I'm going to go meet, you know, Dan at the, at the brewery. Um, it's it just hard to, justify that when there was we were both so busy and and so pressed for time um one thing though it's just it's so important for our children to see us um taking time to keep those friendships alive um research shows that that uh, people who have healthy friend lives usually have parents who had healthy friend lives so so maintaining those social circles and um and that kinship with your with your good friends is really important not just for you but also for your children uh they're watching you it's really important when they also know these friends of yours when they can see oh you know dad's going out to meet dan like dan's a really funny guy and um you know i and dad comes home uh kind of inspired or a little bit revved up when he when he's out after he has been out with Dan like I I see my dad become a fuller person and a happier person um when he spends time with his friends so that's probably a good thing to do so it, it may seem sometimes like oh how how can I justify the time away from my kids when their life is so busy uh, but it can also help you replenish your resources to to be a better parent this is so great. I just want to jump in really quick about for the Zoom calls that <laughs> I just mentioned that my daughter, though she should be in bed by 9 p.m., not always the case, she'll see that I'm doing the Zoom. She'll want to be a part of it. Like she was like one of the girls. And I think I love that you just said that because now she sees that even though it is virtual, that, you know, she sees that I'm smiling, laughing, that we're joking about who knows, you know, something that happened. So that makes me feel better about continuing to try to, to do these and, and maybe trying to involve her a little bit more maybe schedule it a little bit earlier maybe their kids can be part of it that's a great idea i love that yeah and it's it's counterintuitive sometimes or, or you wouldn't think so but uh, research shows that people who have are happy in their friend lives are better partners in their romantic relationships they're better parents they're better employees and they're also just physically healthier than people who are lonely so there are all kinds of reasons why this is important. Yeah, wow, that, this is fascinating. I know that one of the topics that, that we had on the docket was uh, a focus on self-improvement, but a real, uh, like, it, it sounds uh, like quite a bit of self-improvement is improving social uh, relationships. And then that something that directly impacts and influences the, the self-improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe a couple of things there. It it um 
uh, I guess it can it can start to sound like like uh, you know to working on your friendships can be a little bit like oh okay you know I need to eat my vegetables I need to <laughs> do a better job like texting my friends and checking in from time to time so that I can be healthier and happier. It's kind of one of those things that is just like nagging at you. It's like, Oh, I'm not doing a good job at this. Um, but it can also really be a joy to, if you have a good friend or if you have several good friends in your life, it's a real joy to, to go through life with friends. Um, they help remind you of things that you've been through. They sort of keep a record of your personal growth um, as you do for them. And, and it's just a, it's sharing your experience in life with, with someone else outside your immediate family, um, which is, which is really important. And, and the other thing is it just doesn't really happen by accident. Um, especially now that we're all more isolated than ever. It's, it's not like you just walk out the door and make a friend and, you know, are doing fun things with that person. Uh, it takes a lot of intention and you've got to identify the people that you want to spend time with, maybe identify the reasons why you want to spend time with them and, and then make that happen. And it's, it's nothing that just happens because you want it to. You've really got to put some work into into getting yourself there. What do they say? To have a friend, you have to be a friend. So yeah, it definitely yeah. takes work on both sides. Yeah, that's right. And and just the casual check-in, you know, um, it's something I tend to do is I, I won't reach out to someone unless I have, you know, a specific question for that person or if something like really direct comes up that makes me think of that person, um, I think how I could get better is just to reach out when I casually think about someone. And it's nice to know that people are thinking of you. Um, yeah. So I think it's that sort of casual check-in is really helpful and part of being a good friend. Is it something that you would schedule time for the, like, I'm just trying to think about like, all right, uh, like my wheels are turning like that, like that, this sounds great. Like I want to implement this for, for myself. Uh, like, are you scheduling like specific, like, like, is it a to-do item or like? Yeah, that's, yeah, it's a good question. I guess everyone will probably approach it a little bit differently. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea at all to schedule it like that and you know, as a to-do item kind of like you might schedule a workout like okay i'm gonna take this half hour to go on a jog or, um, or something like that maybe take this half an hour to reflect on um which people in my life i want to become closer with and to flex and the friendship maybe, muscle yeah that's right yeah because you 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 it atrophies if you don't use it and and it yeah when, once you start making those connections then you know it, it's also dependent on where someone else is at so it's quite possible that you'll reach out to someone and you'll try to you know create some some friendship and and get a friendship going 
and maybe that person is not in the right spot or too busy or, you know, doesn't, doesn't make time for it like you do. And, and then I guess you just have to find other people that, and if you keep doing it, then hopefully you'll, you'll find people who are in a similar place and, and also have similar values and, and realize that this is important and, and that it's good for the both of you. That's a, that's really great. I love that, that it's like sending the, the intention uh, specifically for this. Like it's very seldom that uh, uh, to your point earlier, yeah, like things don't just happen uh, on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jacob, for people yeah. who are like, you know, Mike or other people, out, other traders out there who are very focused on, you know, their work throughout the day and may have very limited time and for Zoom, Zoom or, you know, doing something virtual is just, they've been on the computer all day. Um, what is your advice for them to still um, make those connections or how that they can kind of get out of their comfort zone to uh, try to build some new connections? Yeah, that's a great question right now. Um, um, and I don't have a lot of great answers uh, for that, just with, with our current limitations. Um, you know, I might, I might say in, in some other era, I might say, find a club of people who are interested in similar things and, you know, like go to a coffee shop and learn Spanish with the, like a Spanish club, if that's what you're interested in. Um, I guess what it boils down to is, is finding the activities that, that fill you up, uh, whatever it is, reading or um, exercise or um, languages, any, any, anything would mm-hmm. work. Um, art, you know, ideally something outside of your um, workday life. And then, and then like any uh, social exercise, find people who, who are also interested in those things and maybe someone who can teach you something about that. Even Um, I think people really like to be approached when, when they have something to offer. Um, For example, I really got into making sourdough bread during the pandemic. I I mentioned this in the story too. And um, it's, it's just something I know a lot of people are are doing that, but um, as a result, another friend of mine who lives in another town uh, has been in touch with me saying like, now, how do you do this? And so he was visiting. Oh, we get the recipe from you, Jacob. I love this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So I gave him some of my, I gave him some of my sourdough starter and it was such a nice uh, little example of our growing friendship (laughs) because um, now we have something specific to connect about, you know, at the weekend, he'll send me a picture of some cinnamon rolls he made and, I'll send him a picture of some sourdough pizza dough that, that we've, that I've made. And um, so we have that thing to engage on. And then it's also just nice to learn from each other, like, Oh, what's working for you. And um, so that, that's been a really fun uh, thing to come out of the pandemic. Cause and there's also just some great metaphors about uh, friendship, just like a sourdough culture, you have to feed it. You've got to nurture it. It, it doesn't just, happen by itself you you've got to put some time into it and you can take care of it kind of like a like a pet almost um and you have to do that with your friendships too so yeah i I love that analogy it's beautiful yeah 
yeah, I think finding interests that you share with other people and then finding a way to do that. And um, it's hard right now when we're all cloistered away, but it's possible, you know, like people are playing card games on Zoom. I know people are doing book clubs on Zoom, lots of, lots of different things like that. Um, in some ways, it, it makes it easier to loop in the friends from that you can't see face to face, you know, if they're in another city or um, another, if they're friends from high school or something, you, you could try to reach out to them and make some time to do something. I love that it is like, you know, um, as you're, you're a journalist, Mike's a trader, I'm a, an author. Um, it's great because like you have the people um, within your network, you know, you have like the, um, like Mike has a trader's mind chat room, which is a great way to connect with other traders and to be able to um, talk about um, what's working, what's not working. And, but then it's also good to have passions outside of that. Like you said, mentioning making sourdough bread or sort of taking up um, a language. So it's always good to kind of have passion, you know, you're, your main passion, what you love to do, having people in that circle, then also thinking outside the box and finding people, because you're not only just a trader, you have so many other things that you can do and that you want to continue to learn. And that can always tie back into what you're doing for your main job. Yeah, you know, you know what, what you yeah. just reminded me of? It, it almost, and it kind of ties back to the, the fitness example from earlier. Like, like you ever go to the gym and you see a lot like the, these guys with like these gigantic, arms but then like the little scrawny legs it's like like only like working on one aspect like just uh, like focusing just on work and nothing else make causes everything else to atrophy and it's not healthy mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's right and um in that way i think the pandemic is feeling a little bit like a cocoon for for me right now where I know at some point it's going to end and I don't know when, when we all feel comfortable being together again. Um, I'm not sure when that's going to be. I hope it's sooner than later, but in the meantime, it's a really rare opportunity we have where we're, we're away from other people. We're in our heads a lot and we can really think about who do I want to be at the end of all of this and, what skills do I want to have at the end of this? And what, what do I want to become? And now's the time to really put that work in because I don't know about you guys, but my life before the pandemic was so filled up with social noise and just busyness and daily things and, you know, things to do at the weekend that I didn't have a lot of time to just sit down and think like, what's important to me? And, what do I want to get better at? Instead, I was just trying to keep my head above water. Um, and now I think with, with the time that we have to be by ourselves, we can spend it, I think, wisely just trying to focus on some things that we want to grow into once this is all over. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Well, what are some of the strategies that you've used to, to try to, pick some of that apart? Well, like what strategies or, or tactics or things that, that you've done personally? Yeah. Um, so I, I should say, I just, I still need to work on this in a lot of ways. It's, it's like, it's a life, a life journey. I think um, 
I, I still tend to draw inward when I'm stressed out. And there are friends that I haven't done a good job keeping up with. Um, and I think what I tell myself is, oh, you know, I'm really busy and they're really busy, you know, and this is a crazy time. And we'll just, we'll just like kick that can down the road and catch up once this is all over. So, so yeah, full disclosure, I haven't figured it all out yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> None of us have, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, but there are some really nice things that have come out of it. I've, I've started running with, with a friend um, and this is thanks to him, really. He, he reached out um, last summer and said, hey, um, you, I know you like to run. Um, you want to start doing some longer runs together? And uh, we've started to do that. And for a while, we were doing it every weekend. Um, and, and that was something where it's all outside and it, it felt relatively safe um, COVID-wise. And, and it's amazing how... Um, your conversation can evolve over the course of a six or eight or 10 mile run. You know, mm -hmm. in the beginning, you might be a little reluctant to like, divulge some really important things. And by mile six, you know, I'm ready to tell this guy about the hemorrhoids I'm having and just like really, really, really personal details that, that like once you're exhausted and, you know, you have the endorphins going together, you can, you can really, like find yourself sharing parts of yourself that um, that you wouldn't expect. And I think that's also an important part of it too, is that um, when you do that with friends, when you, when you disclose to them some things that, that feel maybe a little scary and, and delicate, that tells them that you trust them with that information. And it also inspires in them, uh, sometimes at least inspires a, a desire to share some things with you. So you can, you can really help a friendship along by, by just being honest with people, especially when they're people that you trust and, and that you, you think are, you know, worth sharing those things with. Um, and that once you start disclosing some things, then, then they start disclosing things. And, and then it's just a, I guess we all want to, we all want to hear that we're, you know, that our friends are people too and struggling with the, with issues in life as well. And, um, it's like the Facebook it breaks issue. down some of those walls. Yeah. Like Facebook where like a lot of women, you know, they see like the perfect families, all the pictures that are posted are just like, yeah, everyone looks perfect. Everyone looks happy that you just start judging yourself, um, in relation because you think, well, my house is a mess. Like my, my kids are running wild and like, I'm like, I, I, I don't feel it. What am I doing wrong? Whereas, you know, they, they're feeling like you mentioned, they're probably feeling the same exact way. Like no one's posting the picture of uh, the messy living room or the, the huge pile of laundry that needs to get done or the, the mental health issues you might be dealing with. So when you do finally do open up with to somebody about that and showing that vulnerability, I think you're right. It gives them now the opportunity to share as well. And I think that that's a huge, maybe something that women ha are, are still struggling with. I think that a lot of parents, you know, there is some, um, 
some judging by moms about like, you know, what is the perfect way to, to raise kids? And there is no, you do what's best for you. And for every child's different. And I think that once we get past that and we realize that we're all struggling, we're all trying to just do the best that we can, that's when we can be more open with each other and be able to, you know, to really help each other out. That's absolutely right. And that's, I think now is a, a, an awful time for that because we're no longer in each other's homes we're no longer, you know, sharing space at restaurants with other kids and other parents and kids and saying like, oh, well, at least our kid's not like that. <laughs> um, instead, instead, what we see is what people share on social media and it's almost always the highlight reel. And, and it is a big time for self-doubt and judging other people or judging yourself. And it's, it's a really tough time for, for all of that. Now, what are some strategies do you think that, that we could move past that? Like, obviously, like, it seems like awareness is, uh, is a big part of that. Right? Like, uh, understanding that, yeah, like, we're, we're all kind of going through a similar thing here. Are there, are there any other uh, strategies, tactics to, uh, like, start to move forward? In your... to make more friends you mean or in that area um more friends but uh, like also uh, like the the self-judgment i think mm. mm -hmm. yeah um i i guess friends help in that way too where you can you can bounce some reality off of someone you know if you if you have another friend who's a father and he's telling you about his struggles with his kids you might be able to say yeah gosh i've i've been getting so irritable with my kids every night and um it's, it's nice to know that that's not just my failure that that there's some kind of uh there's some trends to parenting um and I think, I think right now we're just so alone that we don't have those reference points for mm -hmm. other people and, and, and the common struggles that we're all facing. We all feel like our struggles are unique and they're unique because we're uniquely flawed. So I think it's really important to, to now more than ever uh, to be kind to yourself and try to give yourself a break um, when you're starting to feel that you're making a mess of things, you're doing it all wrong, you, you know, you life is going down the drain. Um, there's a lot of that despair at the, at the moment and it's real, but it, it's also not really fair because we, we don't have much opportunity to see where everyone else is at. And, and when we're looking on social media and seeing just the best parts, then it's really hard to go back to our dark, quiet home and messy home and, yeah. uh, and find like Nobody wants find to, well, satisfaction. Like I'm not opening up the closet back there and showing you all the, the piles <laughs> of stuff that I threw in there before the, we started the show. 
Yeah. Um, and I love that, that you mentioned, like, you know, as much as your article was uh, from alone to a loner, I love that the, what you just said, Jacob, was that we're not alone. We're not alone. We're all dealing with this. We're all, you know, trying just to, to make um, the best out of the situation. So there is hope. There is hope that things are going to get better. There's just starting to get better with now the vaccines being rolled out and like more people feeling more comfortable with um, the things opening up, which is which is great. And uh, I think connection is key. I think connection in any way, whether it is virtually, whether it is like, you know, waving to what we did, like with the, my parents, you know, we used to wave to them from outside the house. So they can still see us. They can see the, you know, their grandkids. Like there is, there are ways just to be creative during this time and uh, playing games. Like you said, playing those type of games uh, with, with your friends on uh, on Zoom. Like there's so many ways that we can connect. It's just finding what works best for you. And, um, and, uh, and see, maybe it's trial and error, seeing if it works. If it doesn't, let's try something. Let's go running. I love that. You and Mike, Mike uh, did a virtual marathon, which how crazy is that the marathon oh, wow. had to adapt? They couldn't have <laughs> yeah. all those thousands of people running in the New York City marathon. So they had it where they got to small groups, you know, then they ran and they kept track of their, their time. And he was able to connect with mm -hmm. two other uh, people that way, right, Mike? That, and it was a, a yeah. very creative way to do it. Yeah, that, that was something I would recommend for anybody that wants to do that to train more than uh, than two months. Right? <laughs> I, I learned the hard way that uh, it, you might want to have a little bit more training. Otherwise, you might struggle a little bit, but uh, but it was still a good time. Wow. Well, yeah, any great. final thoughts, Jacob, do you think um, uh, for um, based on your research and based on um, what you have um, for your own experience and with your family that you'd like to leave somebody else who is dealing with some isolation mm -hmm. in their own journey um, that you'd like to leave them with? Yeah, maybe one thought. Um, I know a lot of a lot of men uh and to say, oh, you know, my best friend is my wife or my partner. Um, and that's sort of, that's well and good. Um, but it's a, it's a lot to ask of your partner um, to be your, and I know, I know uh, comparatively fewer women say that of their husbands, like, oh, my best friend is my husband. They, instead, they'd say, my best friend is so-and-so, um, you know, she knows a lot about me or, or whatever. Uh, so I think one tendency maybe that men in particular are struggling with at the moment is um, looking to their partner to be their best friend and often their therapist and sort of the whole laundry list of uh, the, the all, all in one catch all person that they need. And that will really strain your relationship. That was something I started to notice uh, early on in the pandemic is that while my wife was having these FaceTime catch-ups with her friends and I was retreating even farther from my friends, I was looking to her for more than she had available to give me. And that was starting to strain our marriage, just, you know, in the sense that she, I, I was asking too much of her. And I think, I think probably a lot of people might do that with their partners, um, expect them to be everything for them. And that's why it's just, we're, we're humans or social creatures and we need to have those buckets filled by as many people as possible. Um, 
it's great if we have a supportive partner to listen to us, but it's also really important that we have friends outside of our family and outside of our relationship that, that we can um, get filled up from and be seen and listen to them and, um, and have them listen to us. It's so yeah. true. We've, we've been there too. And Mike and I, you know, we're not just, you know, you know, being married, but also working together. And then, you know, working from home and being parents and having our child home, like, you know, it just added a whole list of other um, challenges to our relationship. And I think you're right to be, you know, you don't want to dump too much on each other and to be able to still remember, like first and foremost, where the foundation is that we are a couple and that, you know, of course, like, we're always here for each other, but that, you know, you need mm -hmm. to have another outlet for some, for some of that. Cause it's just too much. It's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So uh, Jacob, I, I want to say thank you so much for, for joining us today. It's been amazing. You've given us a lot of fantastic information to, to go back, re-listen to, like, I can't wait to go back and uh, pull the, the highlights. Um, and uh, this has been very, very eye-opening. Very eye-opening. Thank you. Jacob, what's well, thanks the best... so much for having me on. Jake, what's the best way people want to reach you or find out more about your, your articles or your stories? Uh, where, can they, where can they find you? Yeah, um, I've got a website, um, jacobbainham.com, uh, and some contact information on there and um, links to some, some other stories that I've written. Uh, so, yeah, that'd probably be the, be the best way. This is great. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again. Uh, we'll have this up uh, on the podcast and on uh, YouTube very soon. And... Have a great rest of the day. <laughs> Thank you again, Jacob. This is going to help so many people. We really appreciate you being on the show. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Wow, that was very eye-opening. I mean, I knew friendships were important, but I didn't realize that how they were truly connected to uh, physical and mental health. Yeah, a lot like what we... We've spoken a lot about self-improvement uh, on the show, like from mindset and morning routines and uh, it, physical health, but like to, to think about friendships as its own category that requires uh, intention and, uh, and maintenance and growth, that, that's... Yeah, I know, like, he joked about, like, the vegetables, and you have to have your vegetables, you have to go to the gym, gotta check in with friends, like, you know, but it is true that it is something that is, um, especially now, uh, during this pandemic, is more important than ever, and to come up with creative ways, he mentioned that for some, uh, for some people, they do Zoom calls, but if that doesn't work, he goes running with his friends, like, they're finding ways that they can still connect in, in, a, in new ways than what we, they did before, with sporting games, or, uh, going to the bar. So it's there is room for creativity if you really do want to um, build those connections. Yeah, like uh, I, now that I think of it a lot, like I, I do feel recharged, like after uh, going out, spending some time out with the guys or, or like having a call or, or something. Um, I think that it was also the 
important too uh, when he was talking about like the the highlight reel like that that part of, of the conversation too uh, like like i think about you know how you mentioned uh, like uh, on facebook and like seeing like uh like other women or or uh, seeing the uh, like the, the perfect families yeah. and things like that but it's very true for trading as well uh, like it's seldom that people post about their trading losses and i think that uh, like Part of it could be like out of fear, like what well, what happens? Not not just like showing the vulnerability of the loss, but like putting the loss out there, then getting kind of bombarded with people saying like, "Oh, you should have done this, or you should have done that," or "Hey, buy my service," <laughs> you know, like I can help you out. Like it, yeah, it's social media can really be a highlight reel in it. it you know, it's one of the reasons why. For me personally, like I've shied away often, uh, and I've started to to post a little bit more about uh, like some trade, like stuff that wins, uh, like stuff that loses. But, um, but shied away from that part because it, it's, yeah, uh, like the, it's that highlight real feel that that mentality, and I know what it's like to like kind of get into that mindset of self-comparison and how uh yeah, it's definitely uh damaging i know some people have uh taken breaks from social media because of that and made them really feel bad about themselves their own lives that they haven't gone as far as they wish just like as traders maybe they wish they had reached this so what are they doing wrong so it really brings up a lot of those um uh, um, issues of self-doubt, which is another thing that Jacob mentioned. And I love that he talked about um, expressing your vulnerability. Like once he found a way to express that um, to his friend, it allowed and opened the door for his friend to be able to open up about some of the issues that they were experiencing as well. And I, I realized for my own self with when I was able to open up about certain things with my friends, it definitely did open the door for me to get a phone call from them when they were dealing with something similar. And it really helped them express themselves because I was able to face that fear of not being, you know, the perfect mom perfect worker whatever the case is and being able to show um that vulnerability um and being able to open up about those things to them yeah like well, when you're vulnerable and this is something that that i learned well a few years ago back when i did that uh, uh that workshop well with evan yeah uh, evan carmichael yeah. yeah like well one of the things that, that they spoke about there was when uh you are uh, vulnerable you're you become the shield for somebody else mm -hmm. uh, and uh, now, when you're the shield for somebody else, somebody else is able to open up too. So it's it, like you're, it, it's a, it's a, it's a strength. I love it. And Brene, Brene Brown actually mentions that a vulnerability is a strength. And I think that people are just beginning to realize that. And I think that hopefully this will continue to grow as we further those friendship relationships. Um, one last thing I just really wanted to say is that uh, for me, when he mentioned about us building friendships in our adult years, really are a reflection for our children. Yeah. Oh my God. That was eye opening because yeah, because sometimes you don't make it a priority to build those friendships or you think like, I'll have my girls nights outside of my friends or I'll do the Zoom call when she's asleep, not realizing how important it is for her to see me with my friends, how happy I am after being with my friends so that she sees what um, building friendships could be like for her and to have, have healthy friendships. So the better uh, we are, the better we're able to model for others and for children too. 
Yeah, absolutely. So for the full list of the key highlights with our interview with Jacob Bainham, be sure to check out marawealth.com and don't forget to subscribe to this channel so that you can be sure to check out upcoming yeah. interviews in the in the weeks to come. Yeah, smash the, the button, the, the, <laughs> the bell and, and the like. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's a, the term that the kids use. <laughs> oh my God, anyway. Uh, Thanks so much for, for coming and tuning in and Yeah, take it and run with it. Yes. That, Build that's those my friendships. <laughs> yeah, take it and run with it. Take care everybody. Bye.